Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right. Well, hopefully you had a chance to get a bathroom break and maybe get to know your uh, the people at your table a little bit better. Uh, obviously, I love these moments, just looking around the room, seeing everybody connecting and having a great time. And I do hope that you are having a great time. That's our goal, and that's what we put all the effort forth to, is that you are enjoying yourself. And um, this uh, session that we're doing today is called a five-on-seven. And so I am excited to be able to hear from some of our ladies in the house. And there are some ladies in the house that we have that I feel like have an incredible uh, message, an incredible, um, you know, just testimony and just a life that they live. I believe that, you know, when you communicate, you teach what you know, but you impart who you are. So the people I've asked to communicate are people whom I believe live it out. I believe that they are doing this pioneer thing we've been talking about. I have seen them each individually take land in their life, and I just believe that they are the type of people who have um, a word of the Lord that would encourage us. And so it's really important for us to hear from each other. You know, you may not receive something from every single person who's going to share today, but I believe one person you're going to relate with. You're going to be like, I totally get that, and that's exactly what I need to hear. So here are my friends, uh, Coretta and Nina and Sarah and Destin and Courtney. And so here is the deal. It's kind of a, a it's kind of, it's not a game, but they do only have seven minutes to speak. And so at seven minutes, if they have to say bye. <laughs> and they have to go sit down and let the next person say something. And the fun thing about it is, is the fact that I feel like it's like rapid fire, but it's going to be good stuff coming at us. So y'all be ready. Get your phones out to take notes if you need to. Get your notebook out. Because I believe each and every woman is going to really have a nugget for you to take with you. Just an encouragement as we look at this concept that we're going to be a pioneer. And these are some of the things that I feel like God is speaking to us. Um, uh, but real quick, Coretta is um, a woman in our church who helps with our guest services and has led life groups last semester and actually has a marriage ministry called Vowed. And so she's going to share with us uh, first off. And then Nina, she is one of our mom life leaders and leads in other areas and also helped a ton with this event. And uh, we love hearing from Nina. Sarah is obviously integrally involved in like every part of the church from almost the beginning. And so hopefully you've already met Sarah, but she's over our connection services and then Destin is uh, uh, she was an intern last year and she stayed in my home so she's very close to my heart but um, she is uh, highly involved in our next gen ministries and so she helps with our preschool she helps with our kids nights on Wednesday nights which they're teaching the Bible every single story of the Bible on Wednesday nights and so I believe that um, God has something to share with you today from her and then we have Courtney who was really a big part of the mastermind of why this is such a success and why it looks so beautiful and so um, she is a blessing to us she's on staff here at the church and I believe that you are going to be so blessed by these ladies y'all give them a warm welcome as they go go Coretta all right so as I came up I was reminded of this funny story and Jamia's in the room but Jamia was learning about the Ten Commandments one time, and this was at the time I was actually her youth pastor at the time. And so she came home, and she was so excited. She said, Mom, we learned about the Ten Commandments. And then she dropped the bomb. She said, have you ever broke one of the Ten Commandments? 
And so it immediately, my, I'm shamed because I'm like, okay, now I got to tell her that I've not broke one, but I broke several. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so when I told her, it was like her, it just kind of deflated her. She's like, are you serious? I said, yes, just live a little longer. So today, my topic is identity. And I said that because there was a lot of things that I chose and a lot of things that I'd done that was contrary to the word of God that I thought was my identity. You see me wearing some of these. But I want to start off because actually the Lion King is going to help me preach today. So let's watch this. The Lion King is my favorite movie, and not because it's just awesome, but, but just because it speaks so much to identity. I don't know if you've ever watched The Lion King, but Simba had been tricked into believing that what he had done was so bad that it disqualified him from being king. And just like Simba, some of us, we think that we're disqualified for walking in the things of God. But the reality of it is that because of what Jesus done over 2,000 years ago, and it's, under, it's because of that precious blood of Jesus that guess what? God sent me here to tell you today two things. The first thing is, is perspective is reality. And the second thing is, is you are the daughter of a king. <laughs> two things. So I hope you're taking notes and you're writing that down. And so perception is reality. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, the scripture says, For a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I have done a lot of things that, that I thought disqualified me from being a daughter of a king. You'll see here I have several identities. The first one is a teen mom. That was me. But guess what, y'all? It's under the blood. The second one is I was a drug dealer. And a lot of y'all may not know a lot of these things, but Take a little bit of time and talk to me a little bit. But guess what, y'all? That's under the blood. The next one is I was a better wife, not by Jermaine, but I was married previous. And a lot of times you get shame with this, but that's under the blood. I was a divorcee, and even being in now walking out in vowed ministry, it was a lot of things that the enemy wanted to discourage me. Because guess what? I'm married for the second time, and so is my husband. But guess what? We're holy in God, y'all. That's under the blood. 
I was an adulterer, right? But that's under the blood. And so now I am the daughter of a king. Yes. And guess what? If you have breath in your body, stand on your feet. And if you can feel the breath, just blow on your finger. If you have breath, then guess what? You are still alive, and you have an opportunity to step out in what God has called you to do. All right, y'all making me nervous. Go ahead, have a seat. <laughs> so the thing is, is a lot of times we can get caught up in these perceptions, and all of these things here you see were things that we really were things, and really they were choices that I made. But the one thing that I've learned throughout my journey is that the only thing that disqualifies me from walking as the daughter of a king is death. And so because I still have breath in my body, I can walk worthy of being the daughter of a king. Because when I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I was birthed into a royal family. I am a daughter of a king, and so are you. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, the scripture says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye shall show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Here's the secret that the enemy don't want you to know. When you know whose you are, what you are flows out of you. How many know that they are gods? Make some noise if you know that you are gods. So when you know who you are, what you are flows right out of you. So you have to walk in whose you are, and you'll become the daughter of a king. So have, how many have seen that practical joker, like reality? There's four friends. They do practical jokes. That's what it looks like when you're walking with God. Now, God's not going to make you make a fool of yourself, but he'll put you in a situation, and he's whispering in your ear, daughter, this is what I want you to do. And everybody around you may not agree, but you're going to step out, and you're going to do it. And guess what? I'm going to get the glory. So when you think about walking with God and being a daughter of a king, that's what it's like. Put your mic on. Put it on so you can hear the Holy Spirit. And as he speaks to you, you walk in your purpose and do exactly what he called you to do. Y'all give it up for Coretta. That was so good. You know, I had no idea what she was going to share. And I believe that the Lord knew what each of us, because I believe that he put on our hearts what we were supposed to share today. And um, like Katie said, my name is Nina Pyle. I lead mom life here at the house. Um, and, you know, when Katie shared the vision of a pioneer-themed ladies event, Okay, I don't know if y'all know me, but I have this really big, bubbly, like full of energy. Like I will take a challenge and I will crush the junk out of it. Let's just be honest, that's my personality. And so when Katie said we're going to do a Pioneer-themed event, I was like, yes, let's do it. Like I'm like Viking style, right? Like I'm like ready to do this. But, you know, that may not necessarily be biblical, and it really isn't. But, you know, the Viking people, they were a hardy people. They knew that they were a people that were called for more. They were supposed to take territory, and they didn't let small things in life keep them from that. They knew that that was the promise of their people. And so, like I said, that's not necessarily biblical. But when I ask the Lord, what is it that I am supposed to share today? I believe that he spoke to me about the, um, the Bi in the Bible, the woman of Esther. 
So I don't know if any of you have read that. I'm sure a lot of you have. But in this um, story, um, in chapter 4, so Esther is a woman that came, like literally, she overcame socioeconomic status. So she came from like way, way, way down here. She was a, like a prosecuted people. She was taken advantage of. Her people were de- pretty much on the road to complete annihilation. And that is where they were. And she came up to a place of royal position. And so I really want to go back to in Esther um, chapter 4, verse 14. Um, it says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. So real quick, like the promise of the people's freedom was still real. Like God had that promise for their freedom. But if she, right at this moment, she had to choose, am I going to stand on the sidelines and I'm going to allow my fear and failure and panic and anxiety keep me from doing what God asked me to do? Or am I going to step into what he has called me to do, take territory, take ground, and be in obedient and walk in agreement with the Lord's will? And so she said right here in the Bible, it says, And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And this is Mordecai speaking to Esther. And when he says this, this is his reply to her in a moment of complete, like, surrender. He knows that his people are going to be annihilated. Um, And so that's the plan that the enemy has for his people. And she has literally, y'all, she has come from here. And I know that we all have been in a place where we are real low in life. I mean, like, even just some of the things that she tore off. That's a low place to be, but know that you are a daughter of the king and you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. You know, real quick in my three minutes I got left, um, (laughs) you know, I believe in my own story, there were times in my life where I really did not feel prepared. I didn't feel like I was capable. I did not feel equipped. And, you know, for some of y'all, being a mom is like what you wanted to do. But for me, that was terrifying. (laughs) And I have three small children, and you think by the third one I would know what I was doing. Um, I know how they come, but I didn't know what I was doing to raise them, okay? But here's here's the thing. (laughs) When you are raising three children under the age of six, life can be hard. There is a lot of parenting. There is a lot of energy that you may not have physically that you have to rely on the Lord to give you. But here's what I really want to share with you. When Esther was at her pivotal moment, there were moments all throughout her past that the Lord had prepared her to walk in maturity, to take territory, to take ground, that led her to this moment where he said, for such a time as this, I have prepared you. And so for me, raising three children, for such a time as this, I have prepared you. For your marriage that's struggling, he has prepared you to put them boots on, tighten your belt, pull back your hair, and dig your souls into what God is calling you to walk into. And, you know, I really do, (laughs) I do believe that each of you are here for a very specific reason. I'm going to lower my tone now so I can get serious. I believe that he has called each of you here for a reason. This is no accident that you are here. The fact that you have said yes to be here today is your first step. Maybe for some of you, it really is your first step to believe in that you have more and that God has called you to more territory. And for some of you, this is that moment where it's your last strand. 
and you are just like, God, I'm just going to say yes, and you know what happens, either it flunks or it goes well, and you're really believing it's going to flunk, but the truth is, is that God really does have more territory for you, but I want to encourage you right now, right here, eyes on me, I'm a teacher, so you know, eyes on me, the truth is, is that I want you to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying, he has prepared each one of you for such a time as this, whatever it looks like that you are struggling with, that you are overcoming the generational bondage and curses and patterns, the failed marriage, the choices of career, the six parents, six children, six, whatever it is, like really, God has prepared you. Nothing in this world is too big for God, and he has equipped you with his Holy Spirit. Jesus left his Holy Spirit here so that you had the strength, power, that you were able to step forth into your calling and take territory. Um, you know, the, uh, I want to point out two things real quick. Wh- uh, my first point really is that when Esther was at this moment, I said she had walked through many moments in her past. There are moments that you have gone through that you thought, dang, I finally came through. I really, I mean, like, gosh, you know, I had no idea what Credo was going to share. But all of those moments that she walked through, I know that the Lord said, for such a time as this, I have prepared you to break through and gain territory, gain maturity, gain freedom. And, you know, here's the thing is, I, I'm not all of those things. But in my moments, he has prepared me for such a time as this that I walk through. And the, the truth is, is that we all have different moments for such a time as this he has prepared you. And my second thing is that there is going to be times in your life where you're going to think my whole life has led that to me has led me to this moment. But the truth is is that God is the same today, forever. He will he will prepare you for the moments in the future. He will prepare you for the moments you're walking into today, and he has prepared you for the moments that you walked in in the past. And so don't lose hope. Keep your tenacity, keep your strength knowing that no matter what you're facing, God is mightiful, and he is powerful, and he has left his Holy Spirit to strengthen you to take territory and take land for your family, for your marriage. Done. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to share a quick tornado story. I don't know how many of you guys probably might have one. With all the weather lately, it's kind of like last weekend. I know we were all kind of thinking, oh, what's happening um, but a few years back when I was pregnant with Ben, I was in graduate school and in class, you know, all the warnings start coming up. Oh, there's a tornado in your area. So being the good Arkansas girl that I am, I completely ignored them. And uh, when <laughs> you all know how we are, we're like, ah, there's no tornado my way. And so I drove um, to go pick up my kids who were at the babysitter. And I wasn't worried. I'm like, oh, no big deal. I'm going to go pick them up. Well, I actually drove right into the tornado, like literally. I just, it was before radar, so don't judge me. Um, but I was just driving, and I mean, I was kind of on a backcountry road, and all of a sudden, the wind looked kind of weird, you know, it was kind of green, and I thought, this is not good. Um, but I just kept going. I got to get, I got to get the boys. And so I literally, as I drove, it, it was right in front of me, and it was like a car wash. I mean, I couldn't go anywhere, so I backed up thinking, oh, I'll just back up. That'll help, right? Well, (laughs) when I backed up, there were already trees behind me, and so I literally was frozen with fear. I just, I didn't even have time to think, and it was chaos all around me. You know, it was just so scary, 
Um, but in my car, if I really thought about it, like my car didn't have a single scratch and I was safe and I was warm. And in that moment when everything around me felt so scary and out of control, like God had me, you know, and I was okay. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about stability. That's what God really put on my heart. But, and I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have this straightforward thing about stability. But then he said, to have stability, you can't walk in fear. And so they're very intertwined, and I never really thought about it that way. You know, I'm kind of a, a doer, and I always think, oh, I'm an overcomer. I'm not, I don't walk in fear, but we all have things we're afraid of. And when we're weak, that's when God gives us strength. And so I want to share a scripture, um, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline or sound mind. And that, you know, we hear that. That is one of those refrigerator scriptures. You know, we've all heard it. But if we really think about it, God hasn't called us into fear, no matter what culture says or what the news says. You know, you watch news more than 30 seconds, you're going to have a little fear. Um, but he has given us a sound mind. So I really had to have a moment of self-reflection of like, okay, God, what am I afraid of? Like, what are the things that are, you know, scary to me? And one thing that I am is kind of a people pleaser. You know, I know that about myself. Like, I like to have friends. I don't like for people to be mad at me. You know, I want to have um, good conversations. But sometimes you have to step out of that. And r I realize that I'm fearful of, like, being bold for Christ at times. You know, I'm fearful of what will people think? You know, will they think I'm a weirdo? Or worse, will they think I'm a bigot, you know, and a religious person? Because the word religion now is not exactly a great term. You know, people think of you as religious as being out of touch. So God really spoke to me that I don't have to walk in fear of that. Um, and then lately, you know, uh, Kanye West has been all over the place in the news. And he, I, was, I, I was really curious about that. And I was watching one of his interviews. And he was just talking about how he'd been hungry for God for a long time and really was wondering, wanting to know more about that. And there were actually Christians around him, but they were so afraid to tell him because they thought he would, like, kick them out of the team or they wouldn't be, he wouldn't, you know, be able to continue working for him. But he wanted that. So I guarantee you there's a Kanye in your life that's hungry, that, you know, is wanting to know more. But you probably are thinking, oh, that's the last person that would want me to share Jesus. You know, that's the last person that wants to hear truth. So uh, when I was praying this morning, I felt like God wanted me to ask you, who is your Kanye? Like, go to work, <laughs> write that down, write that down. Who is your Kanye? Like, when you walk into your office and you're looking around, ask the Holy Spirit, like, who is my Kanye? Like, who is that person that may look like they could care less, don't have any clue of, like, who God is or what he says that's just waiting for someone? Um, the next thing I kind of wanted to touch on um, is another scripture because it's such a good visual scripture. Um, everyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes and the flood waters rise and the wind blows against the house, it will not fall because it is built on the rock. And so really what that is saying is fear really only has the power that we give it. You know, it is, it's kind of that whisper that has no power. And the only time it takes over is when we say, you're right, fear, you know. Because if you think about it, in all those storms we've been having, you're still safe and warm in your home. You know, the wind may be whipping and 
crazy and you may be thinking, oh my gosh, is my like fence going to blow away? Like what's going to happen? But you are safe and you're warm. And that's how it is when we walk with, you know, with God. The Holy Spirit is with us. And so even when times of uncertainty come and it may seem like everything is a little bit fearful, you don't have to walk in fear. Like God is leading you. The Holy Spirit is with you and you are safe and you are warm and he is going to lead you and he's going to give you vision. So you don't have to worry about fixing everything. You know, in today's culture, you're bombarded with. Oh, is there going to be war? Oh, there's sex trafficking. Oh, vaccines are going to hurt your kids. You know, all these things that really can put fear on you. Um, am I a good enough person at work? Am I a good enough mother? But you don't have to, you don't have to walk in fear. So I want to leave you real quick with the scripture um, because I feel like God's word says it best, really. Um, and Joshua, he was really speaking to the Israelites in a scary time. And, he, and this is speaking to you today, too. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And just remember that, whether you are home alone or you're at school or work or whatever your life brings you, when God is your rock, fear has no power in your life. <laughs> Joshua, I didn't write down the whole thing. I'll get it to you. <laughs> I'll get it to you. All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, my goodness. God is so good. Uh, like Katie said, I am Destiny Nichols. I am an administrator for Tots and Babies. They are so much fun. Um, I just want to tell my testimony today. I was an intern in 2018. Praise the Lord. I was 21. Now I'm 23. You know what I'm saying? I'm, now I pay bills, you know. <laughs> I was asking people for money. Now I got to pay people money, you know. Um, so I moved up here. I was an intern. I remember when I first walked in. I saw Pastor Stevens. Hat was cocked back. I said, dear God, what is happening? He gave me a hug. He gave me a hug, and I was like, oh, my goodness. I saw Adam and Courtney and Alexis. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to see you. I'm like, why? I don't know you. Why do you like me? I don't like you right now, you know? <laughs> And I just had to just walk through that. And then in that moment, I had to realize that I had a problem with trusting people. I had a problem with you were guilty until you were proven innocent. You know what I'm saying? So, and I realized that I was guarding myself, not letting the Lord guard my heart. And so to jump off that, I moved in. God told me to move down here, and, and the Texans let me live with them. Oh, my goodness, that was like the best time of my life. <laughs> It really was. No, not trying to be funny. It really was really fun. Um, <laughs> Katie, um, me and Katie had a situation. She locked me out on accident. <laughs> I was like, dear God, I had to walk through this. I said, we're going to get through this. But, you know, in that moment, I feel like the Lord allowed that to happen because I had to say to myself, she loves me, she's for me, and she's not vindictive. You know what I'm saying? So I had to walk through that. I was like, dear God. I called my mom. I said, Mom, I'm finna lose you. I mean, she just locked me out. <laughs> she just locked me out. You know what I mean? But Pastor Stephen had sent me down. He said, you have to let someone in. You know what I'm saying? You have. It doesn't have to be me or Katie, but you have to let someone in. So the second, I moved out, not because of that, but <laughs> I moved out, 
and I moved in with my best friend, and I was in her wedding, so you know that was some drama. So I was like, <laughs> okay. She was like, one day she told me, she said, you need to Google what a bridesmaid is. I said, do you need to Google how to communicate? <laughs> and I was like, okay, you are right. God, that's not cool, you know. And then I had to realize, because me and her had moments, because it was a deep love, a deep friendship. I had to say she loves me, she's for me, and she's not vindictive. I had to walk through that, because in the past, let me just be real, I didn't have a lot of friends, because either they hurt me and they left, or they got on my nerves and I just cut them off, you know? And it's, that's real, seriously. I had to realize that I was the problem. They weren't the problem. I had to walk through that. So, I met a guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he is, he is the he is so good to me, you guys. If y'all know me, y'all y'all pray for him. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay. Oh my gosh, we had our first big fight, and I was like, oh, it's about to go down. And I, and I had to just walk through that, and I said, you know what? He loves me. He's for me. And he's not vindictive. You know what I'm saying? You have to walk through that. There are some people here today who are walking through that with your husband. I'm not married, but I know you walk through it. There are people here today who walk with their friends. They love you. They're for you. And they're not vindictive. You have to seek freedom. I've been more free now because I allow community in my life. You know, the enemy wants us to just stray away, but do not stray away. Push forward. Know that God is for you. Sorry, that's a good moment. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is that God is still healing me. I'm not who I used to be. I'm still walking in freedom. I'm still figuring out who my, what my triggers are. If I'm being a little transparent, me and my mom had a moment this Christmas, and she had to sit me down. She said, baby, it's not me. <laughs> she said, it's not me. I said, then who is it? Who is it? And then I, I, we were sitting there talking for four hours at the table, and I was getting tired. She said, no, you're going to sit down and hear this. <laughs> you know, and I was like, but mama, I'm sleepy. I got to go back because I have to go be in a wedding. She said, no, you talk so much. You're going to hear what I got to say. And she said, you, I love you, but it's not me. You, you have to find your healing. You have to pray and seek the Lord on what he wants you to do. And I have, I have, and it's just a tough journey. It has been a tough journey. But I know the Lord is my Savior, and he will heal me, and I know he will heal you too. <laughs> yes! Y'all give it up for Dustin. <laughs> I told Dustin to preach. I said, girl, you better preach. And she did! She's so funny. You're a preacher. <laughs> yes. Oh, guys, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so honored to be on the stage with these ladies. These are my heroes. I mean, these are my best friends. I'm so honored to be in a room full of women today. This is a dream for us to just be here. And I have a short amount of time, so I'm going to get into it. First, my name is Courtney. Um, I am pregnant. I'm expecting a baby girl in May. Yes. <laughs> We are so excited. I didn't eat too much pie over the holidays, I promise. 
Um, but I first, I want to recount a story. Y'all might know this story. It's about the 10 lepers in Luke 17. And 10 lepers came and they met Jesus at the city gate. And they couldn't approach him because they're lepers and they are outcasts in this city. But they, they called to him fr- across the street and they said, Master, Jesus, please have mercy on us. And Jesus immediately, without hesitation, said, go, you are cleansed. Go present yourself to the priest. And so that meant they're healed. In those days, guys, that meant, like, the priest was the one that confirmed the healing. So they, that meant that they were totally healed. And so you might remember one leper came back, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked Jesus. But only one, only one leper came back. Like, there were ten, and Jesus said, where are the other nine? Weren't there 10 that I healed? But there was one that came back. I mean, guys, this is like you go to dinner with a friend and they are like, you're like the most diva order, picky order person at the table, right? Who's ever, Somebody know that person? Yes. Diva order. I mean, everything on the side and I don't want this, but I do want that. And that make sure it's not too hot, but not too cold, right? That person. And then they leave a 6% tip. I mean, this is like that times like a thousand. Like this is bad, right? But you know, <laughs> um, I think that sometimes we find ourselves in that same situation. We are just as ungrateful. We are the same person. Like I um find it so easy to just be disgusted with those nine other lepers like what happened like do you realize let me let me just tell you a little bit about leprosy so leprosy is like the worst imaginable skin condition the worst one imagine grotesque face imagine like missing full limbs decaying of your body parts like you are not allowed to live with your family you are not allowed to work a normal job you are an outcast you have to live outside the city gates and so in one second Jesus gave them their life back I mean they went from hopelessness to being full of hope and I think sometimes we look at them and we say you know, I haven't received my healing yet, though. Like, I'm still waiting, just like those lepers. That would be nice. Like, Jesus, heal me. But guys, guess what? I am the leper in that story. Is that right? Do you guys see that? That we have been healed? Like, Jesus gave us our life back? Like, <laughs> like I do not, I was living in sin. I was living in death. I was living for myself. And now Jesus has given me everything. Like, I am the leper in this story. Okay, I got to tell you guys a funny story about myself. Don't make fun of me. Don't tell anybody. It's really embarrassing. It's one of those funny, not so funny things, okay? So I um, sometimes I write thank you notes, and then I never send them. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's like horrible. Who does that? So I went after Christmas, pulled out my little stationery, and I had this box, and I found a stack of like 10 thank you notes that I had written, put stamps on, put the address, never sent them. Who does that, right? So I found this one, and I took it to my husband. I said, babe, I have something for you. And he's like, what is this? Like, it had a Razorback on it. He's like, where'd you get this Razorback stationery? And I said, well, I wrote you this thank you note for this really amazing date you took me on. Only it was five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So the point is that he obviously didn't really receive the thanks that he deserved But sometimes I think, guys, that we do this to God. I think that we we have the thanks in our heart, and we know, like, we know 
but we owe everything to him. And I think sometimes it is less of an issue of thankfulness and it's a sense of unworthiness. I think we let unworthiness distance ourselves from our father because sometimes when I write a thank you note, I don't, I don't feel like it's adequate. Like, I want to give them back what they gave me or give them more. Okay, I'm going to share another story I didn't even plan. <laughs> Sydney Cheatwood, who's over here, bought me the most beautiful, comfortable, amazing rocking chair for my nursery. And, like, for the last, like, since she bought it for me, I want to buy her one. <laughs> Like, <laughs> there's no thank you that is good enough. Like, I want to buy her a rocking chair. But I can't just receive the gift because of the feeling of unworthiness. And I think we do this to Jesus, and we distance ourselves from his love. And so um, I want to share another, um, my favorite story in the Bible, and it's about the lady who brought the alabaster jar to Jesus. And, you know, she came in. She was a sinner, the Bible says she was a sinner, and she brought this expensive thing of perfume. You guys all know the story. And she broke it at Jesus' feet, and she took her hair, and she wept over Jesus' feet, and she washed his feet with her hair. And, you know, the Pharisees there said, if he knew who she was, he would not let her do that. But that is not what Jesus said. Jesus said, this woman, this is an act of love. She understands what she's been forgiven from. She understands love. She, she knows that she cannot pay me back. And we want to pay God back. We think once we get it right, once we get worthy, then we're going to go to him. But we keep our distance between the Father because we can't receive his love, because we can't receive the gift that's so free. Grace is free. Grace is not just free. It's getting what we don't deserve. It's not getting, it's not getting um, what we, like, it's getting more than what we don't deserve. Does that make sense? We are living in grace, which is getting a gift that we don't deserve. And so I just want to encourage you ladies today, what is it that's keeping you from the Father? What feelings of unworthiness and shame and guilt and fear are keeping you away? It's not, it's not the thankfulness. But what I find is that when I just start with thankfulness, when I just start with Jesus, I don't deserve this, but I love you and I thank you for all the good you've given me. I thank you for my salvation. You have healed me. I want to go back to that story about the leper real quick. So when w the one came back, Jesus said, um, to the one that came back, he said, your faith has made you well. The other ones were cleansed, but the, the one leper that came back, he said, your faith has made you well. So we are mind, body, and soul. This was more than the physical healing. This was wholeness. He was giving back wholeness, and that's what God wants to give to us today. So let's walk in thankfulness. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for these ladies. God, thank you for every woman that went through a lot to get here this morning. God, who had to overcome fear, 
of rejection, God, who had to overcome fear of not fitting in, who had to overcome getting their kids ready and helping just get out of the house, God. I just thank you, God, that you have given them the grace to be here this morning, God. I thank you for this moment in time. God, I pray that you would continue to stir our hearts for you, God. God, show us our one step today. I pray that we would not be overwhelmed, but God, that we would be focused in and just able to receive what you have for us this morning. God, we love you so much. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, ladies, we have um, a little time of discussion at our tables right now. And so what I want you to do is just get prepared. It's going to be kind of like our last ministry time, only y'all are going to share um, with each other. And so your table leaders are going to lead you in this discussion. Um, I do want to encourage you, you know, some ladies in this room, you're like, I know I'm the talker. And some of you are like, no, I don't want to say anything. So just be aware of where you are in that. And like, we want everyone to kind of get a chance to share and um, communicate kind of what God is doing in your heart today. Um, And also just remember, we're not gossiping about anyone. So We're going to kind of keep this, we're going to keep it life-giving. It is okay if you want to be really vulnerable this morning, but we want to just keep everything we say life-giving and honoring to our families and our husbands and our children and all of that. So we're excited to just commune with one another. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.